Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. I am your host, Mike DiStefano. I'm joined here by my co-host, the Zoobs. Another loss, another bad loss for the Toronto Maple Leafs as they fall to the Boston Bruins by a score of 4-2, to two, which I predicted. What's going on, Zoobs? common themes. It's, it's, it's going to be the same old The stuff we know that is a problem with this team remains a problem with this team. Uh, it's going to be tough sledding here. This is going to be a tough week. Not not what you want, but you called it. I mean, listen, Boston's Boston's really good. Like You, you have to give yourself every possible edge when you play a team like Boston, and I, I don't know that they did that tonight. No, and going into the game, I think we, we were really hard on Michael Hutchinson, saying that he stands absolutely no chance. Despite the loss, I actually did think that Hutchinson played decent. He wasn't magnificent, but he did make a few really big saves and at key moments of this game, but the few gaffes that he did make were costly. Uh, that first goal against Pasternak, you you got to have that goal. That was a bad one. Uh, the Richie goal... Uh, when he gave the puck away, when he was trying to, to feed it over to Barry, that giveaway was pretty bad. Should have just kind of held on to the puck or, or made a better decision there. And those really were the two plays that where Hutchinson kind of screwed up. And, and at the end of the day, they lost by two. Those are the two goals. So that's um, that's really it. I thought that Hutchinson played well enough to keep the team in it, to allow them to try and win and pick up at least one point. But at the end of the day... Where was the offense? Like, where was Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews tonight? Take a look at the ice time. Apparently, they both played over 20 minutes. But I didn't see him. Take your word for it on that one. Where were they? Yeah, I mean, man, (laughs) you know, I think in in tune with our episode yesterday where we sort of got a little fired up, I mean, we're talking about some – Bad signs. We're looking at some a little run of bad play. I, I know that they haven't had the greatest uh, schedule and, you know, back-to-backs against tough teams, and they have 10 back-to-backs in the first few months, but you got to be ready to get to this level. Uh, Boston is, like, all those things you talked about, all those goals, like, how much of it is, is Marchand, Pasternak, Bergeron? How many times are we going to see this? How many times is this going to happen where... That line, like, I agree, Hutchinson played well, but, well, not well, he played well enough most nights to earn a win, but you can't not ice that puck with that line on the ice. Uh, I just thought they got outplayed. I, I think this is one where it's hard to, you're right that the offense was a little missing, but they just got outplayed. They they looked like the second best team there, and it's starting to be... I don't know. It's hard to have to be a little realistic about maybe what this team is and how big the flaws actually are. Yeah, it just. It, it, but what it seems like is that these flaws seem to be fixable because we see flashes of brilliance from this team. Like when when Marner is on, like we saw a couple of games ago, he is a really effective player. He drives offense. Matthews, same thing. And I, you know, obviously we're missing John Tavares, which is a, a major piece of this team. But at the same time, you gotta be able to win these games. Like Tavares, although he is arguably the one of the best player well it's not he is one of the best players but arguably could be the best player on the team it's a big loss but at the same time you just showed less than a week ago just a few days ago actually 
that you are able to beat this team without JT. So you can't even use that as an excuse either. But the rest of like just I don't know what's going on with with these big with the big boys, but they're just not getting it done. Uh, taking a look at, at some of the advanced numbers, of course, the analytics type shite. Uh, <laughs> out chance tonight, 7-14, to 14, uh, playing against the big line there, which is a lot different than the first time around when they played uh, back on Saturday. Uh, what was it about tonight where, where Marner and Matthews just couldn't get it going? I just think they, you know... It's a tough matchup. It's not an easy matchup. Um, I think you sort of touched on it there. I think this is the, this is the first game that it seemed really apparent that Tavares' absence was trouble. They needed one more guy that could be dangerous. I thought there were some guys who played well. I think I think the Kerfoot Kapanen connection looked pretty good tonight. I mean that's obvious when they're the, they're the guys who got the two goals and and combined on both those goals, but. I think that extra spice of offense was missing. I think this was the first real look at like just all of the cooling effects that Tavares has and, and how much he helps bring a depth to the lineup and, and sort of bumps everybody down a line and, and helps fill out all those matchups. I think he was sorely missed, but I mean, Boston's one of the best teams in the league. This is a, this is a team that was in the Stanley Cup final last year. This is a team that you have up there as as probably one of the favorites to be at the top of the division when all things stand. So it was never going to be easy. Uh, it's hard to point out any individual thing that that is holding back the top guys. I think I think Matthews in the previous game uh, got a little, uh, you know, he was cheating for offense a little bit, and and that cost them. And, and we saw that with some Columbus goals. I don't know if that was the case tonight, but the the flash just wasn't there. The energy wasn't just wasn't there, and and Boston was very effective at at controlling the game basically the whole the whole way. Yeah, I thought that you know when, when I was out there watching Matthews out there tonight, he just didn't seem like he was very energized. You said like you said, it didn't look like they had it tonight, and he was kind of just skating around the ice without much purpose. Uh, but another thing that that I thought was costly tonight. And something that we talked about going into the game was they got to try and stay disciplined. And Mike Babcock talked about it a couple of days ago how they're taking too many lazy penalties and three more lazy penalties today. There was a, a hooking call uh, and two trippings. And then re- the big one that I want to kind of call out here is um, Johansson. Like if, the roughing call that he took after allowing that goal was not fair in my opinion, but still, you got to be a little more disciplined than that considering you had just taken a bad hooking call where that allowed the first goal of the game to get scored and then you're on the ice for three seconds and you're taking a roughing call and going back to the back to the box. That can't be that can't be happening. Yeah, and especially on against Boston, a team that you know is going to try to get you off your game in any way they can, a, a team that you know is going to play on the fringes, you just have to be mentally prepared to deal with adversity in that way and to not take, not get baited into a roughing call or or the lazy penalties we talked about. You just have to be that much more prepared when you take on a team like this. And I think this is different than some of the other losses. I think we look at the loss 
uh, against Columbus, and we said it, it felt like a, t- a game where they were the better team and just didn't do enough, and maybe they expected to win and coasted a little bit. This did not feel that way. I felt like it was the opposite. I felt like Boston looked like the better team pretty much the whole way. Uh, and, you know, every little edge the Maple Leafs gave them only went further in, in uh, reinforcing that. Um, anything else that you saw from tonight's game? Um, you know, just uh, I thought Kerfoot was good. I thought Kasper Kapanen looked... Uh, he continues to look really, really good, not having to play a role, not having to pretend to be Zach Hyman. I, I think that's... Uh, I think he looks great and, and comfortable on that right side and, and has really found a home. Definitely. Um, one thing that I also kind of want to touch on, I'll give the man props when it's due, okay? A couple of days ago, a few games ago, I believe it was after the Washington game, I ripped Mike Babcock about not using his timeouts. I said, you can't take him with you, so why not take him? And he finally used the timeout appropriately at a, at a perfect cha- at a perfect time. Uh, just going back, there was, what, three minutes left in the game. Uh, I wrote it down. Hold on. 3.27 left in the game. They were on the power play. His team was tired, and they were about to try and try it out PP2. But he takes the timeout, allows his 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 uh, stars to get fresh legs again, and then puts it back out there to try and get the tying goal. It didn't happen, but I was happy to see it because it was something that I, I wanted him to do previously, and, and I think – Afterwards, he realized, like, yeah, that was probably uh, in the moment I wasn't thinking. But looking back on the tape, he realized that probably would have been a good time to take a penalty or to take a a timeout. Next time I'm in that situation, I'll be sure to do so. And I think that's what happened here tonight. So happy to see it out of Babcock. I'm a fair man, Zoops. I'm fair. Yes, tough but fair. I'm tough but fair. All right? That's that's what we're in the business for. Tough but fair. (laughs) Um, you mentioned Kerfoot, you mentioned Kapitan. They'll probably come up on the other side when we chat about the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, Zubes. Uh, not the greatest game, obviously. Leafs falling 4-2 to the Boston Bruins. We're going to go through the good, the bad, and the ugly. There was quite a couple of messes out there. So we'll start with what we saw that was good first because I did think that a couple of players did have some good games who had the who do you have as your good for this one? I have I have Kerfoot Capitan as a duo. I thought um, I continue to to almost every game come out saying, man, Kerfoot is a really nice piece to have and somebody that you are happy to have in the lineup every night. He can move up and down. He can play with just about anybody and and sort of continue his level of of production and, and that's uh a luxury and something that's that's definitely with Tavares out something, something sorely needed so uh continue to be impressed with Kerfoot and I think as I said on the other side uh I think Casper Kapanen every game since being taken off that line with with Marner and Tavares has looked more and more comfortable and and tonight may have even been uh the best of them all I thought he was really solid and and really playing his game and and looking like a three million dollar player. Uh, I also had had the two of those as as my goods. Um, for me, I was surprised. Something that I always love is is when a player really flashes for a lot of parts of the game, and you say, "Man, like like Kerfoot, for example, tonight he had a lot of really solid shifts, 
and it seemed like every time he was on the ice, he was doing something. He was he was in the offensive end. He was creating some good chances, uh, and, and he assisted on a goal, and he scored a goal. So he was obviously certainly creating the only offense that this team had tonight. And then when I go and I take a look at, at the ice time, and I say, this guy seemed like he was on it the entire game. And it's like every five minutes I heard his name, but he only played uh, in total uh, 15 minutes of ice time. Yeah. So when you can go ahead and create that much offense in such a short amount of time and stand out to me like that, I think that you had a good game. And that's that's why I think Kerfoot, really, real solid game here. He's done a pretty good job. He's not John Tavares. He'll never be John Tavares. For the past couple of games, I have liked Kerfoot um, kind of sliding up and, and playing a bigger role, and uh, I thought he had a really good game tonight. All right, what was bad about tonight? I'm going to give this one to, to the big money boys. I'm going to go Matthews, Marner on this one, both on ice for two goals against, uh, both getting plenty of ice time and plenty of opportunities. Just wasn't there. Uh, if you're going to be, you know, if they're going to play this style that they've played where it's sort of, it turns into pond hockey for a little bit and you say, okay, you know, we can give up our chances because we're talented enough to be with any team when the chips are down. You have to make those chances and you have to be at that level when the time is, you know, when the time is there for it. And I didn't see that at all. I didn't just, I just didn't see anything from either one of them that was uh, especially impressive. I don't want to be too hard on them because obviously this is a back-to-back and these are the guys that are going to carry the team. But with being the guys that are carry the team, when the offensive production isn't there, they're the first two guys that you look at. And I'm just against Boston. It, it just wasn't there. Yeah, uh, definitely not a great game out of that duo for me. I had Andreas Janssen, the other part of that line uh, tonight. Just his undisciplined play, I kind of talked about it earlier, so I'm not going to kind of harp on it again. But, you know, he's got to be more disciplined, especially after kind of the whole team was called out by Babcock about these lazy penalties that, that are being taken. And he goes out and he takes two, one being extremely costly and uh, turned out to be the first goal of the game. Uh, a question for you here about uh, Andreas Janssen. I, I, I don't think he's played well enough to be considered a staple on that top line. If he continues to struggle and he continues to to struggle on his own end and this whole line continues to struggle on their own end and he doesn't pick things up offensively either, is that a player that you look to for Mike Babcock to kind of shuffle down the lineup a little bit if he tries to kind of take out the line blender to get things going? I think once I think once Hyman is back, we're going to see all these guys sort of be a little mo- bit more on notice. If you think about this exact moment, the only sort of guy that you can make a real argument in, in being able to move up like that might be Trevor Moore. He continues to play well, basically no matter where he is. Uh, I don't know if that's the answer, but I think once you have Hyman back, you are able to really mix and match and, and play the hot hand. I agree that I don't think Andreas Johnson's been especially impressive he's he has his moments offensively where he makes great reads or he'll uh have one extra touch on a puck or you know uh find a little bit of space and have a great shot he hasn't been 
so good at that that I think his line his name is written in pen. I I, I agree with you there. Uh, I definitely think once you have Hyman and 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 Tavares and you have that full array of forwards, I think he's a guy that's gonna have to continue to earn that ice time night in and night out. I think right now it just happens to be a a, a fact of there not being a lot of great alternatives for him. All right, what was ugly for you? Uh, it's tough. It, it was just. I, I, can I give an ugly for just sort of the the blah? Just sort of the, the, <laughs> the you know. I know that's that's. But on a and you know, we, uh, we love the Toronto Raptors. We are we are our, our brother podcast, Locked On Raptors. In a night where you had uh, the Raptors ring ceremony and the banner going up. And uh, a lot going on in in sports, World Series, and all these options. Watching Maple Leafs hockey, where they just sort of drag and get spanked a little bit against Boston, was not the most inspiring way to spend an evening. So I'm going to go the general blah, the the mood of the back to back, the the already sort of ugh, feeling of knowing that it was going to be Hutchinson and and knowing that Boston has their numbers so much. It just was not a fun game to experience so we can give it to the schedule maker schedule maker that'll do yeah so the schedule, schedule maker, maker. you made to, it uh, ugly uh, for uh, us out to get the leafs as always <laughs> <laughs> um i had Mar- uh, marner and matthews as my ugly just for yeah. most of the same reasons that we talked about uh just a moment ago when you had them in your bad um all right so this game let's put it in the rear view mirror the back-to-backs are over for now we will have more back-to-backs later on in the week with San Jose and uh, and the Montreal Canadiens. So that's going to be interesting, both Friday and Saturday. And I have a feeling that I'll have a question about that coming up next on Cosine No Sign. All right, welcome back here to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano alongside the Zoobs, and we're going to go ahead and play some cosine, no sign. We broke this segment out last week, and it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, so I thought let's make it a weekly staple, and we're going to work it into today's podcast for you guys. So the way that it works, if you didn't listen last week, essentially very, very complex. We're going to make a <laughs> statement. If we agree, we cosign. If we disagree, we know sign. I hope that you were able to 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 grasp that because it's it's a complex game. All right, you ready to go, Zoobs? Absolutely. All right. You know what? I went first last week. You go first this week. All right, my friend. Cosign or no sign, Jason Spezza will be cut or released or traded before the new year. Oh man. So he was a late game healthy scratch tonight. Played poor against Columbus last night. Hasn't really played well at all this season, and it seems like Babcock is just reluctant to play him at all. And for a veteran of his elk who has been through so much in this league, and he was such a prominent player for so many years, he's no longer that. But I got to feel like the Leafs at least have the respect for him to try and allow him to pursue other opportunities if available. So I will co-sign that. I think that he finds a new home 
by the new year? Cosine. Good question. That's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Question number one. For me to you. Mike Babcock does the unthinkable and plays Freddie Anderson on night two of a back-to-back at some point this season. Could be this weekend. Could I'm be next month. Yeah, I'm going to co-sign this. I think, I think he's going to continue to be asked about this as he continues to put Hutchinson in tough situations. I think he's uh, 0-2-1 right now, uh, save percentage well below 900. I think he wants to put Hutchinson in a situation where he can get some confidence and get a win and have the team have confidence in front of him. I think cosign he is going to change his ways uh at some point I, at, at some point I, I don't know when and i could very much very well be wrong and maybe it's hopeful but i think he'll he'll amass enough uh counter information to his original thought process to be convinced otherwise of constantly playing anderson in game one i think you're half right I think that he does play Freddie Anderson on, on night two of a back-to-back at some point this season, but not for the reason why you think. I think he's going to do it in spite of everyone telling him to do it and hope that Freddie loses that game so that he can say, we're done, we're never talking about it again, move on. <laughs> and then from there on out, boom, Freddie gets night one. That's Conspiracy. what I think. Conspiracy Mike in the building. Well, so so do you remember last year, or no, sorry, two years ago. Was it two years ago? Yeah, when he refused for some reason to play, um, he refused to play Marner and Kadri together, and like Marner's playing on the fourth line, not really producing. Same thing, Kadri really wasn't producing with, with Leo Komarov on his wings. And then for weeks and weeks and weeks, the media just was harping on him like, you know, the bottom six year lineup isn't producing. Like, why don't you try and do something? I think Marner would fit better with Kadri uh, on the on the third line. That would wake them both up. And then let's have a, a fourth line grinded out line. Why don't you try that, Mike? And he kept saying, I'm the coach. I can do what I want. The lineup sheet's mine, blah, 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 blah. And then finally, he did it. And oh, what happened? It clicked. And the team took off. And they ended up making a run and making the playoffs. Like, the, maybe that will happen. If the media gets on him enough that he just says, fine, I'm doing it just to shut everyone up, and then if it works, he'll stick with it. If it doesn't, he's not getting a second chance. Freddie is now the night one goalie for the rest of the year, probably the rest of his tenure in Toronto, which might not be that long. Uh, (laughs) All right, number two for you. Uh, co-sign, no-sign. We will see Rasmus Sandin on the NHL roster again before the season is out. Rasmus Sandin. Um, I'm going to co-sign. I think we do see him at some point. I don't know if he ends up sticking around for the rest of the year next time he's up here, but I do believe that you know we'll get an injury or two and, and he'll end up uh, get, getting an opportunity to to play some more NHL minutes just to kind of maybe see where how much he has developed since last he was here, just kind of get a gauge on where he lines up when he's facing off against NHL talent. But again, don't know if when he finally does get the call up and get the opportunity that he's, he's here to stick for good. But I will co-sign it that he will at some point get up here. I don't, I don't think so. 
Really? I, mean, I don't. I I just don't. I think he really wants to. I, I think you said it over over ripen him. I think he's. I think he's down for the rest of the year. I don't think it's the right call, but I think that's what's happening. It's the Detroit way, and it's the Babs way. So you're very. It could very well happen. All right. Next question for you. I have cosign or no sign. Leafs currently dead last in goals against. They've allowed 39 goals so far through 11 games. Leafs figure things out and finish inside the top 20 for goals against. Um, eesh. You have to hope this is cosign. Like, if they don't, I don't even know if we're talking about a playoff team anymore. Like, you have to score a lot in this league to make up for that. Uh, I'm. Somehow uh, they're for they're, so they're last in the league in goals against. They've given up the most goals, but they're still a plus one goal differential. Jeez, yeah. Uh, I will. I will co-sign. I think. I think there's some tightening up to be done. I think, uh, especially the forwards uh, have some. It's a t- it's been a tough schedule, and I think there's a wake up call here uh, on on. They know they aren't playing well enough, and it's going to be defense is going to be more than just the defenseman, if you know what I mean. Oh, for sure, and I think the addition of of uh, Zach Hyman when he gets back, that's more his style of game. I think that 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 that'll allow him to play a little better. That'll make the the third and fourth lines a little more stockier. That'll that'll put kind of put players where they're supposed to be. I think Kapanen will slide perfectly into that third line now. Watching Kapanen and Kerfoot, they didn't play a lot tonight, but watching them on the power play and slinging the puck around when they did get the chance to play with each other, I think I saw they only played just over a minute actually together on the ice, but they looked really good. And once everybody gets healthy, I think a third line of Mikheyev, uh, or Mahayev, Mahayev, how we're saying that now. <laughs> Mahayev, I believe, uh, with Kapanen and, and Kerfoot, that's going to be a nice little third line. Excited yeah, for that. absolutely. Excited absolutely. for that. Um, yeah, and I just think at the end of the two, Dermot probably will help things out a bit too on the that's defensive right. That's side. Right. That's right. All right, what's your third one? Co-sign or no sign, and this is uh, not injury-related. Without, without an injury... Will Mike Babcock change up the top two defensive pairings? He has been mm. Riley CC and Muzzin Barry pretty much all the way. Uh, do you think, injury permitting, he will change those pairings at any point? Like for the rest of the season? Uh, let's say in the next uh, two months. Um, yeah, yeah. I really do. I this might go into my next question for you, so I might not go into it in much detail, but I can't watch Cody CC for 82 games any like <laughs> the CC Riley pairing is really bad. Like this is now a string of games in a row where Morgan Riley or at least like four of the last five games where Morgan Riley has looked awful. And I don't know if it's just because he he doesn't have a good defensive partner. Like last year he had had Ron Hainsey, who's like he's he's no 
friggin' John Carlson by any means. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what it is, but it just seems like this year he's playing a little, he's playing different, and I feel like he might be trying to overcompensate a little bit for CC's deficiencies. And uh, I, I just, I don't want to see that line together for much longer. So I'm going to co sign it and just hope that I'm right and that it gets split up. <laughs> Dermot, too, because Dermot can play the offhand. So when Dermot comes back, which could be this weekend, um, not that I don't think he's going to end up getting thrusted right up in onto the top pairing right away, but that is something down the road. If, if CC doesn't get it, get it going and that pairing continues to, um, to uh, to play bad, they, Babs has to do something, right? Like I, he can't continue to let th- this team get scored on every time they're out on the ice. Mm-hmm. All right, no, absolutely right. My third one for you, which again kind of leads into what we just talked about. Maybe, perhaps, the Toronto Maple Leafs will make a move to improve the back end of their defense. You have to hope. I I will co-sign. Uh, I think I think they might try to find a way. I think I think you might see uh, CC moved out just just because he's just because the money. I think his money matches up. Uh, if they were to try to get somebody to uh, sort of fill that role, I think if Dermot comes back and he looks like a guy just as you said, capable of moving up and slotting in beside Riley and then you're looking at now CT's on your third pairing I think they try to upgrade that I think that's uh definite I think that's definitely yes cosine <laughs> who would you rather Justin Hole or Cody CeCe as your third pair right shot defenseman <sighs> right now probably Hole Hole's looked fine to me he's looked in terms of the bottom of the third pairing guys he's been fine I think that the, what the Leafs really need is a, a stabilizing defensive player. Like, they have Muzzin, and other than that, they have a bunch of guys who are kind of, uh, like, they're, they're two-way guys, but they're not defensive specialists. And I think right. that's something that Riley really needs in order to succeed. So maybe going out and and get a guy. I, I, off the top of my mind, I can't really think of much. I, I, Chris Tanev out in Vancouver would be a perfect fit for, for Morgan Riley, but I don't know if they're going to try and move on from him. He's in a contract year. We'll see. But uh, I, I don't want to see CeCe, so <laughs> hopefully they do something. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Please also, if you could, leave a rating, write a review. That would be fantastic. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Leafs. Follow myself and Mickey underscore Canuck. And follow Zoobs at the underscore Zoobs. Be sure to check back in tomorrow. We'll be chatting more about the Leafs. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.